Welcome to Ready to Lead, a show that gives you, the leader, tools, tips, and insights you need to grow your team, your company, and yourself. All right, everybody, welcome back to the latest episode of Ready to Lead. I'm Jeff Mask, and I'm here, as always, with my awesome co-host, Richard Lindner. Richard, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Great. Great. Love, love what we're going to talk about today. We've, we've seen this bubbling a lot as businesses are growing and changing and evolving. And here's the burning question that's happening late that's within both of our realms, and that is, how do I know when to hire? Yeah, and it, we, not necessarily who and but when, when do we know when, how to hire? So yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So man, this I've I've had this conversation with with team members and and friends and our our mastermind members, no less than eleven times in the past week. Mm-hmm. It is a hot topic. It's a hot topic because we are seeing a lot of changes. We're seeing a lot of changes not only in 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 kind of businesses growing. But in what we used to do, we don't necessarily, right. businesses have changed, right, wrong, mm-hmm. or otherwise. So even if you were super clear in the past about like, how do I know when to hire responsibly? How do I know when to add a team member and, and where to add a team member? I think even people who had those processes and companies that were more mature are stepping back and saying like, ooh, I need to, I need to re, reevaluate this. So for us, we have a saying. And the saying has been misconstrued and it's been dangerous at times, but I I think as long as it's understood that it is powerful and it is a guiding light. And that is, we take this. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. 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 If if you're driving, you may want to pull over and write this down. If you're, if you're jogging, you may want to pull over and write this on your phone. But I I think this is noteworthy to say the least. I've, I've heard this many times and I think it's critical. So just, no, no pressure, Richard, but I, I do think what, what you're about to say. Okay, is no pressure. Don't re- sound smart. Re- sound smart. Right down. <laughs> <laughs> so we say we take the social responsibility of hiring very seriously, and let me explain that for a minute because again, it can get it can get kind of bastardized and misconstrued, especially once you've hired someone to not hold them accountable or not make a decision when they're not living up to the role. So let's let's table that for later or another time, but. We take the social responsibility of hiring very seriously. What does that mean? Well, listen, when we make the decision to hire someone, it's more than a, than a, than an exchange of time for money, right? It's, it's not a, it's not an item. It's not a pair of jeans at Nordstrom that you don't really have time to try on. So you're just going to buy and take them home. And if they don't work, you'll take them back. No big deal. It's a human. That human has other humans that care about them. They're making a decision. They're coming to you. So we take the social responsibility of hiring very seriously. Now, what does that mean practically? Hmm. First, that means we don't throw people at inefficiencies. Second, that means we don't throw people at, because we've always done it that way, bandwidth. Or because we've always done it, right? We don't Hmm. throw people at processes that we aren't sure why we're doing them. If we need more bandwidth for something that we don't know why we're doing it, or we don't even remember the desired end result of an activity, but we just can't get it done, we don't throw people at that until we figure it out. We don't so why? throw people well, at sorry. seasonality. Keep, keep yeah, that, the third mm-hmm. one is we don't throw people at seasonality, right? So these are all of the things that lead to not 
not wrong hires from a person uh, standpoint. They lead to unnecessary hires and unnecessary Mm. hires are bad for the company. They're bad for the manager and they're definitely bad for the employee that you hire. So Jeff asked the question, why? Why don't we throw people at inefficiencies? Why don't we throw people at processes or bandwidth that we don't even know if it, why we're doing it? And why do we not throw people at uh, seasonality? Because we take the social responsibility of hiring very seriously. And, and really, what most of us need to do before we, we talk about hiring is a bit of a, of a work journal. Whether it's, a, if we're looking at hiring for, for ourselves to offload some of our responsibilities, we need to look and say, well, what are we doing? How are we spending our time? And is it working? Is it ROIing? Same thing with your team. How are you spending your time? Is it working? Is it ROIing? Whether it's a work journal or a, like a work audit, that's where all should we hire questions should start. Like, what are we currently doing if you think of your time as, as a resource, we need to add more time. That's what people do. You're adding more time. It's really adding bandwidth, but we need more time to get these things done. We don't have enough time to do what we need to do. If we did twi- two of these things, the company would grow faster. The customer would be served better, right? The team would be stronger. Whatever it is, what we're looking at is we need more time. So the first thing to do before you throw a new hire at it is to evaluate how you're spending the time that you have. Mm-hmm. Are you the right person doing it? If you're the leader, are you hoarding something that should have been passed down so that you can do something that you're trying to hire for? If you're the leader, is an individual contributor not getting it, not doing enough because their manager, their leader is hoarding something that should be mm-hmm. passed down. So it's not only an inefficient use of time of that that manager, that leader, it's also stealing or robbing that individual contributor of a growth opportunity. Right. Hoarding responsibilities and projects. That's a that's a, an entire conversation we could have on a completely different episode because there's so much packed into that. But it's great. I love I love your thinking of assessing first and doing audits like this that you're talking about and first checking for hoarding. So what else do you do in this work journal? Really, so now we're seeing, like, if we look at what we're spending our time on, and we mm-hmm. say, okay, is, am, I the, am I the person that should be doing this? Like, one, am I, the, am mm-hmm. I the, the, the right person to be doing these things? Like, what percentage of my day is spent on tasks that I should be doing? Mm-hmm. What percentage of my day is spent on tasks that I should be delegating? What percentage of my day is spent on tasks that I don't even know if I should be doing? And look. Are you going to optimize for 100% productivity? No, absolutely not, right? Absolutely not. That's, that's a, that, there's no way. There are going to be things that you do that aren't probably logical for you to do them. There are going to be things that you do that, that fill you up, right? That, that mm-hmm. give you a little bit of energy or that give you a mental reset. We acknowledge those things, right? right? But, but where I want to come back to on this, the reason we're doing this is to see, do we actually need a person? Do we actually need to hire someone? Because what's the worst thing that could happen? Let's say we get real efficient with our time two weeks after we've hired a new person and we realize, uh oh, I didn't actually need this person. Now that we've stopped doing all these things that shouldn't have been done because they were having no meaningful impact on the customer, on the business, on the team, we have 
less work than we thought we did. We don't have enough work for this new hire. And in fact, the team's bandwidth is well below where I thought it was when I made the hiring decision. So mm-hmm. the work journal isn't about, it is really at its core to make sure you need someone. Like we don't, we don't throw people at inefficiencies. Get efficient first. Get efficient yeah. with your time. Get efficient with your tasks. Make sure when you look at it and you go, everything we're doing now on this list needs to be done. The people who are doing it need to be doing it. We do not have the bandwidth to do it at the level that it needs to be done. Or if we were able to do it more, the company would grow faster. The customer would be better served, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So now it becomes a a logical evaluation of, of need. Yes, we need them. And that works on, on, we, we usually feel the pain of hiring when we are the most miserable. Good news, bad news. One, it's already too late. Like you should have thought about it ahead of time. Two, you're going to kind of make an emotional decision. And when we are in the most pain, we're the most likely to throw a warm body at a problem. Totally. As long as it's not me. It's pain alleviation. I don't care as long as I don't have to do it. You may have said those words. At this (laughs) point, I just need a warm body. At this point, I just need someone to do this stuff so I don't have to think about it. If you said any of those things, it's a real strong indication that you should hire approximately nobody right now. <laughs> At least not in your emotional state. You got to step back. Again, we are not talking about seasonal work. If you're in if you're in retail and you're hiring seasonal people, you're supposed to. But mm-hmm. they know that coming into it. Right. You're 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 putting out a, a job post for a seasonal person, seasonal help. Don't throw people that do not believe that they're in a temporary work environment into a short-term problem, short-term seasonality, right? So don't hire emotionally. But the first thing to do is to make sure that you've optimized for inefficiencies. Right? Mm-hmm. Do we need to do these things? And then you've got to start to ask yourself, um, can I automate it? Right? Let's look at the right. stuff that's left. So if we if we talk about this list that you've made, And here's everything that I'm doing. Here's everything that my team's doing. Here's everything that the person who is requesting additional help is doing. Now we've broken those down into a couple of categories. What is absolutely their job critical? They need to be doing it. Next, what is something that they need to hand off? Next, Mm -hmm. what is something that we're unsure if we need to keep doing it? Almost going back to the critical task matrix that we've talked about before, right? When looking at and do, delegate, defer, delete. If you're in a seasonal time, get real comfortable with defer. Defer mm-hmm. until you're out of seasonality. But if what we're left with as we go through this process is, is do and delegate, delegate's easy, not really, but it's easy to understand. It's not yeah. easy in practice. If, if you know, like, I need to delegate these things, and if I delegate these things, do I still need this hire? And I'm saying you if the person that is asking you for a, a new hire, you do this with them and say, okay, great. We've broken down your tasks into these four quadrants. We're going to look at the delegate and say, like, let's just live in a world where that's no longer on your plate. Mm-hmm. Because you now that we've identified that they need to be delegated, it's a matter of time before we delegate them. Because mm-hmm. now we're, we know. So we're committing to doing this. So what does it look like when these tasks are off? Let's only look at the do tasks. Okay, here are the tasks that you have to do. Let's look at the time. Do you have the time to do them? Yeah. Maybe yes, maybe no. 
The next question is, are we following a documented process? Inefficiency is not just about stuff that we shouldn't be doing. It's about making sure that when we do something, we're following a documented process to make sure not only do we get the same end result every time, but to make sure that it's efficient in doing it. If if it's black box knowledge, right? If it's tribal knowledge, if if sometimes it works really well, but other times it doesn't, because sometimes you remember to do the one thing that makes it really work really well, but because you don't have a system, other times you don't. That's a problem. Right. right. So, Major. So after you've got your list and after you've put them in the quadrants and after you've looked at your do list or the list of the person who's requesting the new hire, it's do we have a process for the things that you're doing? If yes, great. If no, like let's work on getting a process and see what that does. Love the it. second thing that you're looking at is can we automate it? Mm-hmm. Can we automate? It? Are there tools or technology that would allow us to get some time back? What we are talking about is buying time back. You're buying time back through efficiency or really you're buying time back through the hiring of additional labor. Mm-hmm. If you buy that time back, how are you going to ROI it? What are you going to do with it? So these are the processes that you have to walk through to make sure that you take the social responsibility of hiring very seriously. Because if you don't and you do hire and you go, well, I hired them so they're mine now, mm-hmm. then the work is going to expand like to the amount of time that's available doesn't mean that that work is critical or necessary or 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 part of the way that that your business grows or serves its customers people are inherently good they will not sit there and just do nothing they will find work to occupy their time it sounds like yeah that's great but here's what that means 5 months down the road 10 months down the road 2 years down the road let's say you've done this 5 times You've got five people that no one knew what to do because really you hired ahead of time or hired when you didn't need to. Without so five people, right, right. Yeah, without clarity, five good people sitting there trying to earn their wage, they start doing stuff. They start inventing work to do. They start putting systems in place. They start mm-hmm. trying to justify their value because they're good people. Well, eventually you have to start decoupling, pulling back all those things because They're not actually mission critical. They don't actually enable your business. They don't actually support your customer. And and all that could have been avoided if you just did that ahead of time. Right, right. And we as leaders can get frustrated with that behavior and and lose patience. But really what we need to do is look in the mirror and go, ah, once again, all problems are leadership problems and I created that. Dang it. (laughs) How do I undo that? Real quick story about the power of automation. I once lived in a in a company for over a decade that was all about automation. The, the The whole premise of that all started when one of the co-founders' dads, who was an attorney, they had 10 kids. And so the dude was always busy. And just for fun, because why not? He started another business. And <laughs> this other business on the side was, wait for it, it was scheduling balloon twisters. Yeah, you heard me right around the, the area and going and doing balloon animals back in like TGI Fridays. You, you know what I'm talking about. You've, you've been a victim of that experience or maybe you have actually done it yourself like someone else on this podcast, maybe. Anyway, I digress. Not me. So, the, <laughs> <laughs> so this guy had to schedule literally about 50 different contract workers every night. And it was this 
crazy manual process. And this genius technologist said, Dad, why are you repeating these tasks over and over? And he, and he showed him the power of automation through technology and literally saved his dad 20 hours a week just by automating a couple simple tasks. And so it was a major business, a multi-hundred million dollar business was born because of this. And, and it helped me realize there is power in automation so much so that we don't quite realize it very often in our business. And so here's a good little, little pro tip that we learned over the years. If there's any task that you're doing at least twice a day, automate it. Find a way to automate it. And you think, oh, it's only 10 seconds. Or maybe it's a 20 second task, or maybe it's an, a minute task, not that big of a deal. It's gonna take more time to build an automation process than to just do it myself. Well, two times five times four times 50, like it adds up. And, and before you know it, you've, you've just saved yourself a week or two of work just through simple automation. So a little, little a bit of a tangent, but I think relevant. Uh, one, I like stories too. I like the power of digging into everybody's business and figuring out what can you automate to be more effective and more efficient. Because if you just throw bodies at problems, you, you create bloat. And whenever there's bloat, there isn't a healthy, powerful business. And in time, you're going to have to do something more drastic that's not very helpful, which goes back to the line that, that, that Richard mentioned at the very beginning that I said, write this down. In fact, say it again, social. We I take the social the responsibility of hiring very seriously. So good. At so this good. company, and it started, I mean, I, was, I, I remember saying it just out of frustration because I had <laughs> so many people that were like, I need, I need to hire, I need to hire, I need to hire. And I, it was just out of frustration, probably five mm -hmm. years ago, I said, guys, listen, at this company, we take the social responsibility of hiring very seriously. That means that when we make the commitment to bring an employee on, we know we need them. We have every reason to believe that if we made a good hire, that they have the opportunity to not only maintain, but to grow their role in this company. Not, oops, we didn't actually need them. Totally. So, totally. yes. Great. Now, here's something Great. else that's, that's, that's interesting. Automation just means it happens following a process and you didn't yeah. have to do it. Well automation said. can have a given name. You can automate through software and tools. You can automate through people who follow processes and have clarity of how often, what, what their role is and how often they run those processes. So yeah. just make sure you need them. And, and here's where I'll go on, a, on another bit of a soapbox for entrepreneurs, for new leaders. There are people that are just empire builders. Right. There are people that that either feel important or feel like they're supposed to because that's what ascension looks like or just because they just have a, a drive to do it. Build a large team of people underneath them. Mm -hmm. You need to look in the mirror and make sure that you know yourself enough to say, one, am I an empire builder? Like if you're a, if you're an entrepreneur, like are you an empire builder? Do you believe, and I'm, I'm not saying that in, in necessarily a complimentary way, meaning right. do you believe that success for you looks like the number of employees that you have? I currently employ 132 people. Like if you've said something like that, like, but why? In marketing, we'd say people who talk about the size of their email list, like I got a million person email list. How many people open your emails? Right. What's the engagement rate of those emails? I have 132 employees. How many employees do you actually need 
How many employees can your business support? How many employees are you growing? Are you able to really contribute or are you one bad month away from shutting it down because you saw success as being measured in the number of people who work for you? Now, if you're an yeah. employee, if you're a team member and you think that that your level of importance or your ascension in the company is determined by how many direct reports you have, also dangerous. Like we have to be good stewards, not only of our time and the company's time and the company's money, but of the people that we employ. So the first step before all this other stuff is to know yourself, know your yes. motivation, know the reason that you want to hire. Do you believe in your heart of hearts that you are unsure if we need more people to, to, to run whatever org or area of the business you own? Or do you believe that another person pushes you up further organizationally, pushes you up further in, in your social circles, because that's how you keep score. For sure. Yeah. Know and, that and about what yourself. I, what I hear is check yourself, right? Before you wreck yourself, I believe is the next part. Yes. <laughs> but it's true. And, and I think people have probably heard the term vanity metrics a lot, especially in marketing. Mm -hmm. That's a very common term. And, and for those that maybe uh, haven't heard that term, a vanity metric is something that, that looks great, that feels great, but ultimately doesn't drive to the end result that we're looking for. So a great example is we've generated a thousand leads. Okay. And how many of those leads have converted them to actual revenue? Oh, zero. But we've generated a thousand leads. That's one. Another one is, oh, we have, like you said, a million subscribers. Okay. But what's the activity and engagement? Oh yeah. No one really clicks or does anything. Vanity metric. And, and the ultimate is, yeah, I now have, I now have a company of 200 people. Great. What's your profitability? Oh, yeah, we, we, we aren't profitable and won't be forever. Well, you're not going to have long-term long, long -term viability if, if, if you don't have that long-term vision. And if the number of people that are working for you are more around padding your ego than actually accomplishing a cause. So be careful of vanity metrics when it comes to hiring for and sure. Jeff, I'm totally with you. You just hit on something with profitability. Now, obviously, if you're a funded company and, and, and you've gotten funding and that's the – like you're on a plan with your with your VCs or your investors and 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 you know you're not looking at profitability yet obviously we're not talking to you if you're a bootstrap entrepreneur <laughs> we are talking to you cuz here's the deal the social responsibility of hiring also says i won't bring on a person unnecessarily because if i continue to do that the profitability of the company goes down and i not only right. jeopardize the new people i jeopardize the lives of all the other people the livelihood yeah. of everyone here. If you, like, the goal of business is to make money, that's the goal. It's it's about profit, right? Now you need to make money by adding equal or greater value in exchange for that money. Mm -hmm. If you're an entrepreneur, you know this. But what you need to make sure is that you're not hiring that vanity metric and not only jeopardizing the new people, but jeopardizing the team of people who are building and fulfilling your vision. If you're a leader, an employee, a manager, you need to make sure that you're deploying the company's resources, understanding what profitability looks like, because if you're adding people to your team unnecessarily, not only are you jeopardizing the existing team members, you're jeopardizing other team members, or you're asking other areas and other managers uh, and other leaders in the business to, to increase their profitability to offset your less than or negative profitability. It's yeah. just the social responsibility means I actually care about everyone. I'm making an, I'm making a business decision here. Yeah. The business right. decision of, do I need it? Is it going to ROI? Yeah. Is it going to put people in jeopardy? And we all have to take risks as entrepreneurs 
and even as leaders. But calculated risks are what's important. Right. So don't like what first I step, hear, check yourself. I love that. Totally. <laughs> what I hear just to kind of close this part are the three P's that I think about in, in running business. Who are the people mm-hmm. that can generate the profit to ultimately fulfill the purpose? Yeah. Because if th- those are the three P's that are needed. And if it's one or the other, over time, it, it's tough. It, that three-legged stool doesn't really stand on two legs or one leg, obviously. But when you have the right people that are generating the profit the way that you want toward the purpose and the end goal that you want to accomplish, you've got a really great sustainable model. It's another good litmus test to just kind of think to yourself, do, am, I, am I employing that strategy? And if not, where do I need to wait for it? Check myself. Right. Hmm. And it's, it's just <laughs> important to do. So in a, in a micro session, we'll, we'll talk about, all right, so now we've done all that, all the, the four D's and the dead acronym that we just kind of went through. What, what do I delegate? What do I eliminate? What do I automate? What do I actually do? I've done that. I've built the process. Now, how do I know who to hire? That's going to be a different micro episode that, we'll, episode that we will record separately of some good frameworks and tools that you can go through that I, I think are genius. But if you're, if you're craving that, that's not going to happen on this episode, mm-hmm. just, just to be aware. We, we wanted to just really address, man, how do I know when it's the right time to hire? Because it, it can be super, super difficult. And ultimately, what I like to think about is necessity is really what drives invention and all sorts of innovation. But when we just kind of dull bodies at issues, we don't really exercise the self-discipline and the muscle that we need in our business to really be as effective and efficient as possible. And to be, as you said, Richard, wise stewards. It's, it's critical to do versus just kind of going the quote unquote easy way of just hiring. Do the work beforehand that Richard was talking about. And the social responsibility that we have, I think is critical. And I love I love how you frame that. And I think if, if we all as business owners and leaders implement the same mindset, our hiring strategies will be much more effective and much more profitable that will ultimately enable us to affect and, and achieve our purpose. It's great. Good stuff. Any other great. final uh, thoughts that you have, Richard, or any little things of like, oh, don't forget this? No, that's it. Just, I mean, we take the social responsibility of hiring very seriously. So just make sure that you you actually need a team member before you add them. And, and this is fractal right? Model this for yourself. And this is a great way to to respond to your team members, the people who report to you that are asking for additional people. And and I'll just leave you with this. Here's the way that conversation goes. If Jeff asked me to hire someone, I would say, okay, great. Let's talk about that. We At this company, we take the social responsibility of hiring very seriously. And while I'm positive you feel the need, I want to make sure that it's not a short-term need. So we've got a process to walk through. Here's what we're going to do. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to kind of do, uh, kind of look at your department, do a a list of of tasks, whether it's a brain dump or a work diary. Then we're gonna we're gonna categorize those. Then we're gonna make sure that we are we have processes or automation, and we're gonna look and say if we do all these things, do we still need them? And if so, we're gonna do what we need to do to figure out what it looks like to add a team member. That's how you say no without saying no, because you're not saying no. So you're good. saying let's figure out if we need them. So I'll leave so you good. with that. It's one thing if you have to fi- do it to yourself. It's another thing to have the confidence to say no, because we all want to be the person that provides resources to the team <laughs> that we're already leading. Don't fall into so that trap. Good. Follow this process and 
listen to the next episode. Jeff's going to break down on a micro episode that, that who. So now that we've identified, yes, we need to hire who and how is what Jeff's going to break down in a micro episode real quick, punchy, following a, a, an easy to follow process that you can implement that will have a massive impact. So if you're, if you're going, yes, that's me, I know, then you need to listen to the next episode where Jeff breaks that down. So great. So great. I'm going to end with this quick story. I was leading an external business development team. I had 70 plus hours of work to do. I was super stressed. We were 50% of the growth, growth uh, target for the company. And there was a lot of weight on our shoulders. We had this massive external partner program that was rolled out that overnight literally was dumped to me to say, okay, now you're running this. A completely separate part of the business. And I freaked out. And I was like, I, I can't, I don't have the time. And I went to our CEO and I said, I have to have an executive assistant. I, I can't do this without help. He straight up did exactly what you just said, Richard, and said, you're lying to yourself. Go figure out how to be more efficient. I guarantee you, you can make it work. Mm. And I'll tell you, at first I was pissed. I was like, you, you don't understand me. You don't, you don't know how much work I'm doing. And I kind of had the self-pity and then I slept on it. And then I woke up and did the four D's and I did the, the, the dead acronym as well. And I realized, hmm, I am hoarding onto a few things I should, I should let go of. I can do this better. And sure enough, I freed up the resources needed to take on this new massive part of the business. All because a leader stood strong and said, no, you can, you can do more. And I know you can. And he had trust in me to do it. And I figured it out. If that's you, I, I implore you, do the same thing that that leader did for me. And if you're me, check yourself. And, mm. and look at your motives. So hopefully this has been helpful for you. Some good anecdotes and good stories. We'd love your feedback as always. We're, we're always looking to be better and to do better because we're never quote unquote ready to lead. But every morning we want to be more ready to lead, which is why we're doing this whole podcast together. So feedback at readytolead.com. Shoot it over. If anything that didn't resonate or anything that you want to be more clear or any great ideas that you have, Shoot it over to feedback at readytolead.com. Until then, go continue to lead your people powerfully. Thank you, and we'll see you on the next episode. See Thanks. you next time. <laughs>